Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week we speak with a former Kumuls Rugby League international finding success in Rugby Union and the new head of football referees in Oceania talks us through his vision. But first, it's been a big few days for Samoan rugby with confirmation that the All Blacks will play a test in Apia next year and the announcement of a major sponsorship deal. The Manu Samoa team have been offered a million dollar prize if they can win next year's Rugby World Cup. Australian company Cromwell Property and South African-based Redefined Property are stumping up the cash. As well as a general sponsorship of Samoan Rugby, the Manu team will pocket a million dollars if they can win the tournament next year, $500,000 if they make it to the final, and $250,000 if they reach the semis. The Samoa Rugby Union Chair, Prime Minister Tuilepa Salelia Malialenga Oi, hopes that the initiative will make players think twice before choosing to play for other countries rather than Samoa and he believes that winning the World Cup is not a fantasy and is achievable. This will be a great physical incentive for the boys. I am going to inform all the players to think about this incentive. And it is not just this, because there will also be local companies and government corporations who will all contribute. It is an incentive that has a a most positive uh, contribution to building up the spirit of uh, our players. The other big news is confirmation of next year's historic test between the All Blacks and Manu Samoa in Apia. The match will take place on Wednesday, July the 8th at Apia Park. and will be the first time the All Blacks have ever played a test match in the Pacific Islands. All Blacks coach Steve Hansen says the test will be a great occasion and an ideal way to start preparations for the Rugby World Cup. There's many cultures and heritages within our team and, and Samoa uh, has played a major part uh, over the years for the All Blacks. Um, we've wanted to go there and play there uh, for a long time but we just haven't been able to fit it into the calendar. Uh, next year really suits, uh, gives us a great opportunity uh, to get a good match uh, before we start the Investec uh, Tri-Nation campaign. And um, so I'm only too happy to endorse uh, the game and as are the, our playing group, they're really excited about it. So looking forward to it. But Hanson bristled at suggestions the All Blacks would be sending a sub-par team to the Pacific with a test sandwiched between the Super Rugby semi-finals and final. Well, it's not a B-team. There's no such thing as an All Black, all, all Black B-team. Like, the All Blacks are going to play some up. End of story. And if we've got two teams in the in the finals, well, we'll still have an All Black team going to play Samoa, and it'll be the best team we can pick. And they'll be expected to play like All Blacks. You'll expect them to win. I'll expect them to win. Stephen will expect them to get beaten. And that's the way sport is. We've got every respect for Samoan rugby, but we also know that uh, you know you can't ask players to play in a grand final and then three days later play in a in a test match. That's just ridiculous. 
Um, but if we're to play this game, that's the day we can play it. So we've got to give a bit to, to get a bit. And we're happy to do that. Manu Samoa coach Stephen Beatham says the test is the chance to prove to the rest of the world that they deserve more top-level matches. Samoa are currently ranked ninth in the world and have been as high as seventh in recent years. Test matches against Tier 1 countries are rare for the Pacific Island nation, who beat Wales in 2012 and Italy on home soil earlier this year. Beatham says the team is looking forward to the challenge of hosting the top-ranked team in the world. It's not just uh, for Samoa in general and, and the players. I think um, everyone, all Samoans across the world, will, will probably um, try to make their way down to support the team. And um, I think it's just a big lift in, for the nation. Uh, yesterday you guys announced uh, the sponsor, new sponsorship deal with uh, Cromwell, which obviously has some big incentives for how well you might do at the World Cup next year. Uh, having that sort of security in terms of funding and whatnot, which is always an issue in the Pacific, uh, and obviously the uh, eligibility changes, which mean that you could have even more players uh, available on, on top of the players you've had in recent years, which have you know built with some strong performances in the Nations Cup and over in Europe and in South Africa. Um, you know, how do you sort of feel about the platform you've got with this Maru Samoa team? Um, yeah, everything's sort of falling into place before the World Cup, and, and I guess it's a big bonus for us getting sponsors on board. And um, like you say, that the eligibility rule now opens up, gives us a few more um, choices to, to head up to the World Cup with a few more armour, you know, in, in our armoury. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's, we're looking forward to it as it progresses towards the World Cup. Quite an interesting situation for you guys to be sort of fighting off players, you know, coming knocking on your door. Usually you guys have to sort of go cap in hand maybe to, to other players who sometimes had a dream for the All Blacks with the Wallabies, and this time they come and saying we want to be a part of Samoa. Exactly. Um, but, you know, we, we won't turn our back on anyone. Um, anyone who comes except with open arms. But they must understand that it's only 30, 30 31 players heading to the World Cup, and, and we will have to pick the best who, who can represent the country. Is it a challenge for you in that context and you've got a squad that you've built over the last two years and I think you said to me a couple of years ago that uh, you wanted players to play for Samoa that were going to commit, you know, there were players that could have made a decision in terms of the All Blacks or anyone else or who they wanted to strive for but you only wanted players that were going to commit to Samoa not in World Cup year before that. So um, with the changes in mind, you've obviously got some loyal players at home who have performed for you and you don't want to sort of discard them but you've also got some players that obviously have undeniable talent that have now become available. Like I said from the start there was an article that I wrote um, not long ago when the eligibility rule was brought up. I said that um, you know I don't want to chase players if, if they want to commit, commit. Um, and, and some of the players who've been loyal know that. Um, we have spoken about it and, and we have sort of told them that when it's World Cup year we pick the best and um, like you say I wanted them to commit before, and the, most of the players that have committed before, um, you know, I don't want them to see me chasing other players and think that they haven't done the job for me. Um, so, you know, the door is basically still open for everybody. This All Blacks test is obviously, obviously, a tier one test uh, against the best team in the world, the reigning world champions. One thing you guys have wanted more than anything, really, is, is tier one test. You know, you've been demanding for it. It was talked about at the last World Cup. You go over to Europe, and if you're lucky, at the end of the year, you might get one, you might get two, and it's, you know, important for you guys to perform in those tests to hopefully get more. So this is a really massive opportunity to perform against a, a really top team. All Blacks best in the world at the moment, and have been there since 2011. It's our only tier one test, I think, next year before the World Cup. And like I said before, you know, it's a good chance for us to gauge ourselves where we're at and um, what, what we need to put in place. Do you think this could be the start of something with uh, other countries, Australia, South Africa, etc.? Um, hopefully, mate. Hopefully.
that's obviously not something you've really explored at this point. You just, I, I imagine you're just happy that this one's definitely uh, signed, sealed, and, and, and in the bag. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're just happy with, with um, the commitment that the New Zealand Rugby Union has, has shown. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not taking it lightly. We're going to prepare the best we can. And uh, Steve Hansen and the All Blacks have talked about what preparations they'll have for the match. Uh, obviously, they've got super rugby commitments, and some of your players could be a part of that too. Um, what, what sort of availability will you have with your players? You've got a lot over in Europe, some in Japan, and obviously some here in New Zealand and super rugby as well. How, how does that all mesh in, and who might be available? I think um, we, we have gone through that as a technical group uh, a couple of weeks back, and um, I think by that time uh, the Europe season will be long finished. Um, so we would have a handful of our players available. So if any of the, our players in the Super franchise would be there, probably only two or three. But, you know, the majority would be, be ready to play the All Blacks. That's the Manu Samoa head coach, Stephen Beatham. Former Papua New Guinea Rugby League international Ryan Tongia is forging a new career path in the 15-a-side game. The 24-year-old grew up in Brisbane playing rugby league and was on the books at the Gold Coast Titans and Cronulla Sharks before a brief stint in the UK Super League with Wakefield Trinity. He played two tests for the Kumuls in 2010, but has since switched his focus to rugby union and has broken into the starting side at New Zealand provincial team Hawke's Bay. And he's made quite the impact already, scoring the match-winning try at the weekend in the Ranfilly Shield victory over County's Manukau. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty unreal, to be honest, uh, Vinny. It's, uh, it's an awesome feeling um, and pretty grateful to be a part of uh the, the side that um, that's holding onto the shield at the minute. And you've had a varied background uh, in Australia uh, and PNG, and, and of course here we are now in New Zealand. Uh, how, how did you? Uh, how did the Magpies opportunity come up? The Magpies opportunity just kind of all unravelled in itself. My brother-in-law had an opportunity for me to come over here uh, with a connection with Havelock uh, Rugby Club um, here in the Hawke's Bay, and and uh, I kind of just come over here with the mindset that if I if I played well enough, I'd I play my way into the squad, and yeah, luckily uh, it, it went the way I planned, and and now I'm I'm here in the squad. You're obviously born in Australia, and you, you've got quite a rugby league background. Did you, did you play any rugby when you were younger? Uh, no, no rugby at all. I'm, I'm currently just in, uh, oh, I guess you'd call it my first year at full flight rugby. So, you know, drips and drabs last year, but uh, this year wanting to make the most of it. So, it's been unreal so far. And uh, how are you finding the intricacies of you know getting stuck at the bottom of a ruck and all that? They've been a bit challenging, uh, you know, to start with. I do a lot of work with the technical uh, support team here, and and yeah, they they really help out a lot. So each week I'm I'm improving, which is what a, you know a goal that I set at the start of the ITM season, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I just continue to get better. And uh, what about representing the uh, Kumuls back in 2010? How was that for you? Yeah, that was an unbelievable experience. I, I was fortunate enough uh, back in 2008 to uh, to come in with the squad uh, when the World Cup was on. But, you know, didn't get any games, but was, was fortunate enough to uh, to be around it and and get a feel for it. And um, in 2010, when I got my chance, it was a, it was a massive honour. Obviously, uh, both my parents being uh, born and raised uh, Papua New Guineans, um, to to be able to don the the Kungs jersey was a was a massive honour. And I guess uh, you know PNG more than any other country is. I think it's the only country in the world where you know rugby league is the number one sport. And you talk about uh, you know locals that have a passion for a sport, and uh, and that really uh, you know they really know they really love their league. Yeah, they do. They they're uh, they're unbelievable. Uh, the passion you know that they show for the the game of rugby league is is unbelievable. And um, yeah, you know it's fortunate enough when you. And you get to represent the the country. The, the people up there just they think of you like a rock star or, or a god.
And uh, now you find yourself uh, in, in rugby. Uh, what, what, what are your goals in the 15 aside game? At this stage, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, um, to try and crack the Super 15 scene. Obviously, uh, at the moment, the, the focus is on the ITM. I'm still in the, in the mix of trying to find, a, find myself an agent and also a, a Super Rugby team that, that'll, uh, that'll be willing to take me on. I'm, I'm, I'm more than keen to, to jump on board. Have, uh, have any of the uh, Magpies uh, teammates taken you under their one of the, under their wing? That's a horrible pun. I didn't intend it. I promise. But uh, uh, obviously, uh, coming coming into the sport, are there any uh, teammates you get on particularly well with? While I'm here, I'm living without my my partner and my son back in Australia. I, I live here with uh, Robbie Fruin, so we both live together and, and get on quite well. Um, also, Mikey Vuitakel, uh, a Fujian brother, he um, he's another good friend of mine. But you know, everyone everyone here. Really, um, really gets on. It's a very family-oriented um, club here, the Hawks Bay. And uh, yeah, if I was to, to choose two guys that that I spend a lot more time with more than others, that'd be those two. And uh, Ryan, obviously, uh, if you get to that next step and can get yourself a super contract, I guess would that be a chance to be able to bring your partner and your your son over, would it? Yeah, definitely. That's the plan. So hopefully, uh, if we can continue to win and uh, things can can go our way, then then hopefully uh, those things will take care of itself off the field. And of course, Magpies with the Shield back, a huge week having the All Blacks in town last week. Uh, you know, all that talk about uh, wanting to hold it on for more than one week this time to, to get a challenge under your belts. Uh, what, what, what's the uh, feeling in the team uh, like at the moment leading up to that Otago match? Yeah, it's a really buzzy week at the moment. It's, there's a lot of excitement, high energy. Us as a playing group and, and obviously as a, as a province, we're, we're really excited to, uh, to be able to you know, host Otago and and challenge the shield. You know, at the moment we, we've got the goal of of hanging on to it, but um, we know that you know we've got a challenge on our hands, and we just got to go out there. And if we continue to um, put some good rugby out there on the pitch, we, we know we've got the the caliber of players to to do the job. That's the Hawks Bay winger and former PNG Kumuls rugby league representative Ryan Tongia. Oceania football referees boss Mark Hester is hoping to lift the standard of officials in the region. And says there's always a free space for new faces keen to take up the whistle. The FIFA referee instructor is the new OFC referee development officer. He started refereeing as a 15-year-old in Australia and until recently was a National League official in New Zealand before hanging up his whistle last year. Hester says he wants to help countries in the Oceania region with the recruitment, development and retention of referees and says his job is part of giving back to the sport that gave him so much. I received a lot of uh, development uh, as a referee from uh, people who were just as passionate about the game as as I was. And it's something that uh, I felt that I had something to contribute and uh, was was able to do. So from my perspective, it's, uh, it's giving back to the game, but also in my, I guess, refereeing life, it's the next stage of my development now that my on-the-field refereeing days are, are over. Alrighty, and, uh, and what would have been your career highlights out in the middle? There's a few. Obviously, uh, refereeing at uh, the national level is, is always a highlight, regardless of, of the games uh, that I'm doing. But uh, I've been involved in uh, finals matches in, uh, in Australia, uh, plus also refereeing the uh, White Ribbon Cup final in uh, 2012, which was uh, a particular highlight. Uh, but I've also had the opportunity to share the field with uh, some World Cup players, and including World Cup uh, winning uh, captains, uh, in particular Dunga, 
I was um, an assistant referee on a game for the club side he was playing for uh, Jubilo Iwata when they were playing Marconi, who were in the old National Soccer League in Australia. What are the biggest challenges in your role and what are you hoping to achieve? We're quite a, um, a large confederation in terms of area. We're quite well spread out. And football is, to be fair, is not the number one sport within the confederation. I mean, when we're not in Europe, we're not in South America. And so, so the resources can be limited. So it's about making the most of the resources that we do have and, and building a, uh, a platform uh, for the future. So the priorities uh, right away are the um, developing an education structure uh, across uh, Oceania that we can compare referees in different countries and know what sort of level that they're at. Um, plus, with those countries who maybe don't have the resources that uh, some of the bigger countries have, like New Zealand, they can use that as their uh, accreditation structure within their uh, country so that they can have an education program to develop referees from grassroots right through up to the elite level. Having a uh, spread and having a, uh, a geographical sort of representation uh, at various tournaments means that there have been a number of uh, referees from, be it New Zealand, Australia, when they were formerly in Oceania, and also from some of the island countries that have had the opportunity to go to a number of uh, major global tournaments and, and pick up the whistle or you know, either be in the middle or, or be an assistant or be on the sidelines and, and, and get their chance at that level. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the opportunities uh, as, as a referee are probably uh, quite good and not, not just from the, the larger countries like uh, New Zealand and Australia when Australia were part of Oceania before 2005, but also we've had World Cup officials from most of the islands, including Tonga, Fiji, Vanuatu, Solomon Islands, so the opportunities are there in those countries as well to um, to officiate at the highest levels and also be involved in elite football just in a different capacity rather than as a player. Do you believe that referees in the Oceania region are as good as any in any other? I think that there are some who, who are world-class and certainly those who, who uh, go to the World Cup um, Obviously, we've just had the World Cup in Brazil and our uh, officials there um, have done very well and they're certainly world-class. And next year, we have the Women's World Cup and we've got some uh, six female officials who are doing very well on the world stage and they're, they're certainly up there as well. Um, but the one of the challenges within Oceania is that football is obviously not a or the major sport and it has to compete with... Um, with other sports and also the amount of football is not there as well so if you if you're in Europe for example they play for 10 months of the year where often a, a national league within Oceania might last four or five months so the opportunity to referee on a consistent basis uh, is not there which can limit the uh, I guess the practice uh, that is required that's the new Oceania football referees boss Mark Hester and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.